as we get close to a new, at the end of a year, pretty much all of us find ourselves thinking about things that we want to change in our life or things that we want to change personally in ourselves or things that we want to do differently coming this coming year. Would you guys agree with that? Yes. Have you ever thought back to all the resolutions that you've made in the past? How many you've kept? How many you haven't kept? Was there one particular thing that stands out in your mind? I think if we had a book of past resolutions to look back on, we would be able to see the failed attempts, but we'd also be able to see the I did it. Sometimes we forget about the I did it. I just want us to take just one moment and just watch this video of past resolutions. Which one of you guys did this? This was my journal in high school. <laughs> Seriously, have y'all been reading this? This is my childhood diary. These are my New Year's resolutions from last year. It's my uh, my resolution list from 1992. <laughs> oh, I was a weird kid. <laughs> Figure out what global warming is and do something about it. <laughs> Break the world record in juggling. <laughs> Start flossing. <laughs> Keep an eye on my thinning hair. <laughs> wow. First thing on the list, survive Y2K. Um, invite Gary to church. Nope, didn't happen. It's a little hard to <laughs> invite a guy you had to fire. Stock up on water and tons of Twinkies. Boy, the struggle was real. Teach Susie to sit, stay, and roll over. Susie's my little sister. Get a George Clooney Caesar haircut to impress the ladies. <laughs> Binge watch Lost. Did it. Found out who was in the hatch. Bit of a letdown. Love my mom more, be kind to her, and stop rolling my eyes. She was the first helicopter mom, probably, in the, in the 80s. Move out of my parents' house. I'm going to move it to this year's list. Work out, get less pudgy. That's a big fat no. Pun, pun intended. Hey, mom. Hi, I got you on speakerphone, so... Oh, my God. Hey. You know, Martha, your hey. Hey. Be as awesome a mommy oh, as my mommy was to me. If only I would know how difficult that would be. She pretty much raised us by herself, so I don't think I, I can be near as good as she was. Keep promise to Grandma to watch Matlock each week, then call her to discuss it. She loved that show. I didn't, I didn't see one episode. I missed every episode. I miss her. 
invite Steve to church. He went with me uh, that night. He said he wanted nothing to do with God. Three years later, I get this call. It's like midnight, one in the morning. He calls me and says, Ed, 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 you're never going to believe this. But I accepted Christ. It's pretty cool. Tell Dahlia how much I really love her. Be a better dad. Quit yelling. Still working on that one. Read the Bible more. I think I read the Bible more. Start taking my faith seriously. I have done this. It's scary, but I'm, yeah, I'm doing this one. Get to know God better. I know one thing, he loves me. Jesus loves me. I'm living proof. Surrender my life to God fully. Spend more time with God. That's been on my resolution list for as long as I can remember. I've, I've been a believer for 40 years and I always want to spend more time with him. It's one of the most important things, and it's always one of the hardest things to just get done, you know? Oh, I love Jesus more. Te amo, Jesus. Now, we don't have a book to look back on, but we do have a year, and the year is 2017. Now, I'm sure that there's something in 2017 that we do not want to take with us into 2018. Now we automatically think of things like losing weight or exercising more, and they seem to be the resolutions, the top ones that are on our list, and they're the ones probably that get pushed on to the next year and the next year and the next year. And that stuff's all good, and it's good to recommit and try to do it again the next year. That's all great stuff. But the stuff I'm talking about today is the deeper stuff. Like, What about leaving some of that deeper stuff behind? The stuff in our life that keeps us trapped, some of the stuff that doesn't allow us to be free, the stuff that doesn't really allow us to move forward. Now, some of us carry deep wounds. If you carry a deep wound, you know you carry a deep wound. Maybe you carried the wounds for a long time, maybe more than 2017. Maybe they prevent us from trusting people, from loving people. Maybe they steal our joy. Maybe they make us unhappy. These are the kinds of deeper things that I'm talking about. Why don't we use 2018 and make it a year to leave our wounds behind? Why don't we give them to Jesus and why don't we fully trust him with every hurt that we have as we walk into 2018? We can give him our wounds. We would have no more scars. We'd have no more pain. Instead, we are walking a complete healing and a complete freedom that only a relationship with Jesus can bring us. There's no other way. Who would like that today? I would. Matthew 11 says that we're to come to him, all of us that carry heavy loads, and he will give us rest. If it's in his word, he means it. Now, some of us carry sin in our life. Now, I know we all have sin, but I mean the sin that keeps us stuck, the sin that robs us of our joy, the sin that robs us of our peace, the sin that prevents us from moving forward, the sin that prevents us because we're stuck. 
we're stuck in that sin. Could be an addiction, it could be control, it could be pride, could be any of those things. It could be just that we don't treat people well, but that is also a sin because it hinders somebody else as well. It's not a good thing. Whatever the sin is, it feels like a magnet to you. It feels like it's just stuck there. You know when you turn a magnet around and it repels the other way? That's what we need to do with our sin. We need to turn it around so that it gets away from us, so that it runs from us. So that no matter what you do, it cannot attach itself. Now most of us don't want sin as a part of our life. I think most of us would prefer freedom. Is that correct? You prefer freedom? But sin is one of those things that can and does grab us. So we have to deliberately choose each and every day to choose victory over sin. 1 John 1 and 9 says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Can we use 2018 as a year that we leave our sin with Jesus and we trust him and we walk with a complete healing and freedom that only a relationship with Jesus can bring? Some of us, we carry, I'm going to call them wounded attitudes. Okay, we could also call them bad or negative attitudes. They don't mean to be that way. They really don't. I mean, but we just can't seem to shake it. It's just, it's an attitude about us. We're bitter inside. We see everything as against us or directed towards us. We don't mean to be like that. We want to be loving. We want to be kind, but we just don't know how. Maybe it's something we've been taught, or maybe it's wounds in our past. But whatever it is, this attitude seems to stick with us and doesn't help us to move forward. We ask God to change us because we don't want to be like this, but it just keeps on pulling us back and causing us to stay this way. I believe that 2018 can be the year that Jesus removes that and a year that we can fully trust in a complete healing and freedom that only Jesus can bring. Psalm 37, 3-6 says, To trust in the Lord and do good, and then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiant like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Now, I just touched on a very few little things today that tend to be difficult for us to leave behind. They tend to be things that we walk with even when we try to leave them behind. But unfortunately, these things, they seem to mold us in who we appear to be. It's not who we are, because we are free in Christ. But it's just things that work in us, things that affect us, affect us as the person that we are, and ultimately, they affect how we live our life for Jesus. Now, put up your hand today if there's something that you do not want to take with you into 2018. It could be something I just said, or it can be something different. Anything. Yes. I think it's good when we reflect on our, when we reflect on our past. Um, it helps us to take a good, honest look at ourselves. Instead of us looking at everybody else, it looks, we look at us. And I think that's what resolutions are good about, because they help us to look at ourselves. They help us to see where we need to be different. They help us to see what we need to change, rather than what anyone else needs to change. I think that Jesus likes that too. I know that I want to work on being a better person. I want to change some of the negative patterns in my own life. I want 2018 to be like 
2018 to be like a fresh start. And I think Jesus wants that too, especially as Christians. Now, 2 Corinthians 5 and 15 says, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves, but instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Now, he wants us to live for him. He wants everything we do to be for him. Now, about three weeks ago, God put three words into my heart, and I believe that he put those words in my heart for each one of us and as we walk through 2018. Now, Pastor Jeff shared to me that God also put one of these words in his heart as well. The first word is exposed. Now, when we think about the word exposed, we think, "Eh," you know, I don't want to be exposed. I don't want anybody to see me. I don't want anything at all. Or we think, Tim, he needs to be exposed. Or we think, expose what? I don't do anything. I didn't do anything wrong. I don't have anything to expose. Ephesians 5, 10 to 14 says, Carefully determine what pleases the Lord and take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness, but instead expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. Now, Paul is referring to the light because he is helping us to understand a deeper principle, a spiritual principle. He's teaching us something that is on a deeper level than just like right here. He wants us to understand what this, is, what this means. Because we tend to think on the surface, but Paul is saying that believers, we are to expose sin and anything else that is not good so that we can be, it can be defeated, destroyed, removed, so that we can be free in Christ. Who wants to be free in Christ? I do. If we want to be free and if we want 2018 to be different, then we need to expose sin. We need to expose anything at all that is hindering us from a pure, solid, loving, forgiving, honest, true relationship with Jesus. We can't pretend. We can't ignore it. We can't cover it up. We can't minimize it. That will not help a thing. Ephesians 4.22 says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. John 3.18-21 says, There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world. But people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right, now this is the encouraging part, those who do what is right come to the light so that others can see that they are doing what God wants. Sometimes we don't even know what we're doing that's wrong. Sometimes we don't even know what it is that's holding us back. Sometimes we are blinded by it. I mean, like the windshield when you're driving in your car and, you know, it looks nice and clean and then all of a sudden at 4 o'clock, you know, the sun's a little low. Yeah, you're blinded by the sun, but more importantly, you're blinded by the dirt on the windshield that you never saw. The fingerprints and the bird poop and the smearing off the, you know, the wet in the window. That's what you're blinded by and you never saw it before. We need to let every part of our body, every part of our being be transparent before God so that he can make the changes needed in us. He knows everything. 
Ephesians 5 and 8, 8 to 9 says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Now when we expose and bring it to the light, we open up a door to God's plan for us. We open the door to living in Christ's freedom. When we acknowledge it, when we confess it, and when we ask God to forgive us, we can start fresh. And what better time than to start fresh as 2018? Who wants this year to be a year that we surrender everything fully to God? I do. Now, my second word is encourage. Now, Pastor Jeff touched on that this morning. Somebody in here needs encouragement. Well, you know what? I think everyone in here needs encouragement. We all need it. It helps us to go spiritually, or I mean personally, it helps us to go spiritually, and it helps us to get through things like wounds, like sins, like hardships. To encourage means to comfort, to console, and to challenge in such a way that a person is motivated to live a better life. But the Bible tells us to encourage one another, to remind each other of the truth that God loves us, that God equips us, that we are treasured in his sight, that we... He, he knows our struggles, our struggles are worth it to him. He, he knows them. He sees them. He loves us. He cares. As Christians, it helps us to live a better life with Jesus at the center of it when we know it and we live God's word. Ephesians says we're to let everything we say be good and helpful so that our words would be an encouragement to somebody else. Now, without encouragement, hardships weigh us down. And the will to go on fades away. Have you ever been so discouraged that you just like, just, you know, you just feel like, I can't do this. Well, the prophet Elijah, he struggled with discouragement. 1 Kings 19 says, then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and he prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. I can't take it. Take my life. For I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. I think most of us have felt that. It's like, it's like we're at the end of our rope. We just can't do it. But then he lay down and he slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some baked bread and hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and he ate and he drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel for 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Wow. He was being encouraged in his, to go on even in his discouragement. You see, we also struggle with discouragement. But be encouraged because the Lord encourages us with his word. It's important for us to remember the scriptures, Ephesians 6, where it says, For we, all, we are fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now, this truth makes encouragement even more important because it's not just that we face things in the world, but we also are caught in a spiritual battle. All the more reason to know the word of God, use the word of God, claim the word of God, and speak the word of God. That is why the Bible speaks about us putting on our spiritual armor. 
We need our spiritual armor to remain free in the freedom that only Christ brings us. If you want to read more about spiritual armor, it's in Ephesians 6. Have you ever noticed an encouraging person is usually somebody who you feel really safe around? There's just something about their nature. It's just calming or it's just something that you just feel like being around them. You just feel safe in their presence. I think it's because encouragement helps us to bring our guard down, to put it down. Helps us to open up. It helps us to trust more. It helps us to carry on even during extreme difficult situations. Encouragement can cheer the heart of a broken, wounded person, and it can set them on the path to healing. It can set them on the path to Jesus, and it can set them on the path to a better life. Because encouragement gives us hope. It helps us in times of trials, and it makes it easier to live the Christian life. There was this, years ago, there was this column in Dear Abby. It was about a retired school teacher. And she had this assignment. And what she did was she had to put all the kids' names in the class on a list. And she had everyone in the class write something about the student, something that was happened that was good or something encouraging word or something special about the student. And then she took all the letters home and she compiled each student their own list of what all the other students have said. And then she gave it to them. While the kids were reading it, the students were reading it, they were, she was hearing, oh, I didn't know he thought that about me. I didn't know that, that they remembered me doing that. I didn't remember. It was just an encouragement time. Years later, one of the students passed away, and this teacher was at the funeral. And she, at the end of the funeral, the parents of the student came up to her, and they said, I want to show you this. And she showed the letter. And she said, this was in Mark's wallet when he passed away. And she opened it up to see that it was the list that she had compiled for him from all the students. And she said he cherished that. And another student that was at the funeral said, I still have my list. It's in my wedding album. And another one said, I still have mine. It's in my desk at work. And another one said, I framed mine. The teacher just wept. She just wept. And from that day forward, she used that assignment in every single class that she had. And why do these people, why do you think they kept those encouraging notes? Why do you think they kept all those words? Have you ever got a nice note or a nice card or a nice letter from somebody? Did you reread it? Did you go back and look at it again? What about text? Sometimes you get really encouraging text. You go back. Just smile. We need that because it gives us the strength. See, God really believes that encouragement is vital in our success. See, Ray Laird, I'm going to pick on you, Ray Laird. <laughs> He's one of these guys. It calls you out of the blue. He says, you did a great job yesterday. Or, how are you doing? Or, missed you on Sunday. Or, keep smiling. He does this all the time. Stuff like that. It's a blessing. And sometimes, it, you don't, you, actually, no, not sometimes. Always. When he does that, it makes you feel encouraged. It makes you feel valued. It makes you feel special. So, Ray, you better get busy. There's a lot of people here you got to call. But I know he does it to lots of people. And I know that there's many other people in this room that do the same kind of encouragement. There's those people that look at you, and as they look at you, you can just see that they care about you in their heart. You can just feel it. They hug you, and you know that they love you and that they truly care. 
There are many of you in here today that are very encouraging, and I want to say thank you to you. Thank you for being encouraging. Thank you for encouraging me. Thank you for encouraging others. It helps us to carry on. It's so encouraging because you never know what somebody is going through. And that call, that text, that card, that hug can make a bad situation turn into a good one. The Bible talks a lot about encouragement. But here's just a couple of scriptures. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you already are doing. Proverbs 16.24 says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. 2 Corinthians 1.3-4 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. Let's encourage one another. Let's continue to encourage one another. And my third and final word is expecting. Who believes you will get what you expect? Anybody believe you will get what you expect? If you expect this, you get this. If you expect this, you get this. But if we believe that, then why do we automatically expect bad? We automatically do. I mean, when the principal calls in the student and the teacher, you automatically expect to be reprimanded instead of praised. Or when the boss calls you in, sorry, Jeff, you expect to be fired instead of thanked. Or he doesn't call me in very often, thank God. Or the parent calls the child in, and they expect to be grounded. Or when the doctor calls, we expect it to be bad news. If we always expect bad, then we really aren't focusing on Jesus. When we expect negative all the time, it robs us of who we are in Christ. God wants us to expect good and wonderful things. He wants us to be ready when those good and wonderful things happen. Lamentations 3.25 says, The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. Now, we can't expect him to do great things for us and through us, or, I mean, we can expect him to do great things for us and through us because of the Holy Spirit, because he lives within us, he guides us, he empowers us, he encourages us when we surrender our lives to him. I believe that as Christians that the words expect and faith are very similar, and I think that they go hand in hand. When we look at the young boy David and for Samuel when he killed Goliath, with that tiny stone, we see David expecting to defeat the giant because of his faith. His faith was so alive, it was so real. It was a faith that gave him courage to stand tall and expect to win. It certainly wasn't his size or his armor, or the things that he had on or the things that he had in his hand. If we have faith and expectation, the giants in our lives including the sins that we have spoken about and other stuff that keeps us trapped and stuck, will and can be defeated. We need to expect great things as we live our lives for Jesus, as our Savior, as our Deliverer, and as our very best friend. Now, for a quick recap, and it's only 11 o'clock, for a quick recap, I found this scripture that speaks of all three. And Shelly, could you put that slide up there for me? 
It's from Isaiah 30. It says, so the, so the Lord must wait for you to come to him. Now, this part means not just coming on Sunday morning and singing a few songs. It means wholeheartedly coming to him and allowing yourself to be completely exposed to him. This next part of the scripture is, so he can show his love and compassion. Now, this is the encouragement part because he loves you regardless of what he sees and knows of us. And the third part is, for the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. Well, this is the expecting part. We're expecting not roses and sunshine all the time, but expecting and standing on the promise that all things work together for, good, for the good of those in Christ Jesus and that he will do great things in our lives. We believe this. We are now walking into 2018, so let's expose ourselves in his beautiful light. I know it can be scary sometimes, but he knows everything anyways. So let's surrender it to him so that he can work in our lives and in our heart. We want him to walk this journey with us, don't we? And we need to expose everything to him as he encourages us with his word. And let's expect this coming year of 2018 to be a time of healing, of freedom that only a relationship with Jesus can bring.